Welcome to Hallmark and Chill. Please join us as me, Nina, along with my husband, Dean, and from time to time, our dog, Beckham, rate and review Hallmark movies throughout the year. We are going to discuss, and sometimes, if not all the time, argue, laugh our asses off, and rate these oftentimes ridiculous movies. Thanks for joining. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Hallmark and Chill. And if you're just joining us today, thank you so much for coming across our wee little podcast. So tonight, we are going to be covering the Hallmark original movie called The Christmas Club. This movie originally aired on November 27, 2019. I wanted to say December already. <laughs> Not there quite yet. Anyways, and it stars Elizabeth Mitchell and Cameron Matheson. The synopsis reads, two busy strangers, Olivia Bennett and Edward Taylor, meet when they help an elderly woman find her lost Christmas savings. Thanks to fate and Christmas magic, they also find something they were both missing, true love. And apparently this is based on an actual novel. Oh, did not know that. All right. So the movie starts off with being introduced to Elizabeth Mitchell's character, um, whose name is Olivia, and she is teaching a ballet class. So she is a dance teacher. Apparently, I guess she teaches all different genres. Classical happens to be her favorite, and it just so happens that her young daughter um, is also one of her students. Then we see Cameron Matheson's character, Edward, and they call him Ed for short, and he happens to be in a town, and I think it's Minneapolis is what they said, where in Minneapolis Minneapolis, not quite sure, but um, he just happens to be in town for work. Um, he is staying with his sister who lives there, and um, she's very holiday inclined, and you kind of already get the sense that he is not, and he kind of goes into it later that he's kind of been burned, family kind of stuff. They have a lot of baggage. I think there was, like, his parents went through a divorce, some kind of breakup he went through that also happened at the holiday times. I guess this Christmas time, just not so much um, his time, I guess. Um, but she's really happy to have him in town. He travels a lot. He is a business consultant. He helps little, um, not little, I guess I would say he helps people who are just starting up their businesses or maybe changing or something um, to make sure the process goes smoothly. So that's why he is in town because he's having met with a client in Minneapolis. So Olivia and Edward, their meet cute happens when an elderly woman who is outside of a store um, happens to lose about $80. I guess like the wind kind of took it and whatnot. And so they kind of trying to help her look for the cash. They're not able to find the cash, obviously. Um, so they both kind of split the difference. He ends up giving her $40. She ends up giving her $40. They kind of fib to her and say, yeah, we found it, you know, whatnot, um, instead of kind of telling her that it was from them. And she's really happy because she mentioned that she had been saving this $80 for what, the last year, something like that, for one of her, uh, some family member of hers. Turns out that the dance studio that Olivia works at, um, the owner, whose name is Maggie, is going to end up retiring. And because of that, she's going to sell the studio and it's going up on the block to be sold like rather quickly. I think within just like a couple of days of when she finally kind of told her that, hey, I'm retiring and it's going on sale. So that's kind of a bummer. But it seems like Olivia has been kind of in the dance business for quite some time and a lot of people recognize her and kind of know her for her talents so it seems that maybe she might not have trouble getting another job but her chief complaint is that she loves working at this dance studio or managing this dance studio because she just has a lot of say in the curriculum that is presented there so that'll kind of be the only hitch that should she have to go find another job which she will um that she just won't have as much I guess creative say in what she's 
trying to present. So Edward and Olivia run into each other again, and this is when he meets her daughter, whose name is, what's her name? Marin, I think. And um, so he kind of thinks that she's married because they kind of like each other at this point, been thinking about each other. Um, but she tells him, no, I'm not married. I'm, I've been widowed. I think her husband died about eight years ago. So it's just her and her daughter. And so the kind of, for the rest of the movie, they're kind of just bumping into each other, spending time with, she, with each other's family. And they're both kind of in a place in their lives where Olivia is very kind of stuck in her ways. Like she even mentioned in the movie that she wants everything to kind of stay the same. And Ed is kind of a little bit jaded, I guess, to the idea of like, because they talk about fate and stuff like that. And he's a little bit jaded just because of everything that's happened in his family and his love life. And he kind of just feels like he has always had like a bad run of luck. So kind of seems a little fitting that they would meet at this time, you know, in their life. So finally, they exchange numbers because up until this point, they haven't. And she ends up writing it on a napkin, which I thought was very interesting instead of just putting it into a cell phone or her cell phone. But whatever, maybe they want to be old fashioned. Unfortunately, because he wrote it on a napkin and gave it to her when she ends up returning home after they kind of met up they had met up at like a kind of like a Christmas fair type of thing in their town Um, her daughter accidentally spills hot chocolate on the napkin and of course there goes Ed's number all the ink running out there so of course right but not long after this Olivia ends up running into Ed's sister I think her name is Beth at um, like a toy store and oh I forgot to mention and we kind of see throughout the film the um, money that that supposed woman lost. Her name is not supposed. She's a real, well, I can't say if she's real. She's a character in this movie. Did they run into her? Yes. Did she lose the money? Yes. Um, As for who she really is, we'll kind of get to that later on. But her name is Gertrude. And um, I forgot to mention that before. But we kind of see that the money that she lost uh, in the beginning of the movie kind of just floating around town. People had kind of said, oh yeah, I picked up this $20 bill on 7th. And then they're kind of like paying it forward in a way. Like one guy paid this guy way too much for his cab fare and just said the rest you can keep. When Beth and Olivia meet back up at the toy store, um, the cash uh, register lady gave one of the patrons like extra money because she couldn't afford to pay for this toy that she wanted to get. And so she's like, yeah, I found it on so-and-so street. So kind of just this idea that it's all kind of coming back together and they're kind of seeing it tenfold in a way that them meeting was again, kind of fake. So now that she's run into Beth, Beth gets her number again, kind of asks like, well, what happened? Ed's been expecting your phone call. It's been three days and she's like, I lost it, all this kind of stuff. So kind of reconnects that. And because of that, he ends up going to her dance studio studio because obviously Beth told him, hey, she works at so-and-so. So he goes there. It just so happens that when he goes to see her, he had been meeting with his client, which is the whole reason why he's in Minneapolis at this time. Turns out that the client comes over to the studio, loves it, talks to the owner, and bing, bang, boom, she takes the offer because he was going to offer cash on hand, something like that, and seemed like a pretty quick transaction. And because of this, um, Olivia is upset, not as upset as we've seen other characters and we you at this point you might think oh it's the end not so much but he was telling her he was like maybe this fate thing is real because my client is gonna purchase this studio maybe it means that it's time for you to open up your own dance studio he's like you're really talented it seems like it's a good opportunity and I guess this had been an idea she'd been thinking about before just not anything she had brought to fruition because like we said she really likes kind of a very stable balanced life which she's kind of had being employed at this current dance studio but he kind of convinces her that it's a great time for her and that he would help her with the business side because he was like well that's what I do all day every day I help you know my clients build up their business 
business or whatever it is that they're doing. And so she kind of thinks about it and then eventually comes the idea that, yeah, it's time to move forward with opening up her own dance studio, which just so happens to be still in the same town. So they're not going to be moving or anything. It's on this really popular street. Um, so it actually might be, you know, really good for her. At the original dance studio, they are supposed to have what's like this like yearly dance recital, I guess. The new owner, who was Ed's client, was going to allow them to keep the space. They can continue practicing there. They'll have the recital there. And then basically he'll take over. Unfortunately, Maggie, the original owner, kind of comes and tells Olivia that unfortunately we're not going to be able to use the space. Something about the insurance company. I'm not quite sure she didn't go too much in depth, but there's some kind of issue with that to where they need to be out of there by this weekend and let the new owner kind of take over. So it means they have to find a new dance studio. When Olivia goes to see the loan officer, so she and she went to go see her. I think she was just dropping off some cookies or something for her because she had just gotten approved for the loan. She felt like she pitched her a good story about like kind of why she wanted to do this. So because her big thing was that she wanted to do it on her own. Yes, Ed was kind of the one that kind of helped her to really bring it to fruition, but she wanted to feel like I'm getting this loan on my own, which she was, and that she wasn't going to be getting any additional help, all this kind of stuff, because, you know, she's been a single mom now for, gosh, almost a decade, it seems like, um, at this point in time. I guess just wants to feel like she is a very independent person, which I don't blame her, but because of Ed kind of coming forward and saying, yes, I have met this loan officer before, so he didn't know her at the time that Olivia applied, but he did meet her afterwards so that he can kind of put in a good word for her, um, and so she does get pretty upset about it, and she's basically trying to hide her feelings. And I did like this scene where where I felt like he was kind of sticking up, not just for himself, but for the potential of them that he was like, well, this always happens. And I feel like you're really scared, but you don't have to be because he had really started to buy into this whole like, maybe fate is real. I really do believe in fate. It brought me to this person. Um, But yeah, you can kind of tell that this is where she's just kind of not necessarily shutting down, but her feelings are hurt. So she's now kind of backing out of everything. As he's about to leave town, he was going to go meet another client out in in Flagstaff, so out in Arizona, leaving, you know, um, Olivia behind, saying goodbye to his family. And his sister's kind of like, well, you know, you always do this. You always kind of run away. Why don't you stay and try to make it work, this and that. And I think he's about to say that, no, he's going to leave again. But it just so happens that his brother-in-law comes in and is like, hey, some old lady gave me this box to give to you. Didn't say who it was from or whatever. And so he opens it up and this box has a $20 bill in it with a note. And this, I think it's an ornament. And this ornament is something that Olivia had bought previously because her and Ed had gone on this really sweet kind of carriage ride, hadn't been on one before. And so it was of this carriage ride. And the note looks like it's from Olivia just says, this is the great or the best business meeting I've ever had type of thing because they were supposed to do about a bunch of business talk. They ended up just hanging out, going on a romantic carriage ride, that type of thing. So because of this, he ends up heading down to the dance recital, which is being held at the new dance studio. He watches the show, ends up talking to her afterwards and saying, I got this box from you. I was just about to leave. But again, this must mean that we're supposed to be together, this and that. And she's like, and she wants to say, no, I didn't send it to you. Where did you get this stuff and who delivered it to you but they've kind of come to this notion where it's like okay let's just stop asking questions I guess because there's definitely a magical element
development to it. He's going to end up staying in Minneapolis with her, um, which is really exciting. And they're standing in front of this board, which is on this like street that gets decorated every Christmas. It's the street that her studio is going to be on. It's a street that has like a lot of um, Christmas kind of stuff going on. And in the beginning, they were it's kind of like this big, I don't know what it is, like a kind of like what the police use to put up a lot of their um, like case stuff, but it's not that obviously they're not doing any police stuff. It just looks like it's like a huge like easel board, something I feel like you'd see in a police station, but it's like a puzzle. So the town kind of just puts it together here and there and like midway through you see it's coming along, but we're not quite sure what it is. And then at the very end, right as they're, you know, about to do their regular Hallmark kiss, it is a, the puzzle is picture of Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus and Mrs. Claus happens to look just like Gertrude from the very beginning who supposedly lost the money. So that's kind of the magical element. We'll probably get more into it. I have a feeling that it's probably some of Dean's WTF on there, maybe even mine. But either way, that ends the Christmas Club. So we're going to move right into our first segment, which is our top three WTF moments. So I will let my husband start with his because he was very quiet again on this podcast. So babe, what are your three WTFs? So my WTFs are probably ones you can guess but i may surprise you anyway so number one is what the scene where they it's not exchanging phone numbers it was just he gave his phone number to her and literally they're both holding cell phones as he writes it down on a napkin and my whole point of this is you have a cell phone in your hand have him type it in your phone and save it it would have been faster because she had to dig for a pen and try to find something to write it on which is why they used a napkin whatever one of those weird set up things that just doesn't make sense logically in the world on to number two so this is like this mini drama that happens because the leading man's client is gonna buy the dance studio and the leading lady gets upset at him but then isn't really that upset but she storms out of the building and he follows her and it was like a okay where's this going thing and i started writing it down because it was kind of a little like i don't know what what the point is why she mad he didn't do it kind of thing um, but it does actually set up some pretty good humor of the, uh, the leading man's client comes popping in at this, like the perfect moment. Cause he's the leading man's going on about, you know, we don't even know that your boss will accept the offer. And out of nowhere, the guy jumps out of the freaking doorway. She took the offer. And it's like, it's been five seconds. How did she already get the offer? Let alone take it, but whatever it could have happened if she was sitting right there. But yeah, it was was one of those little humorous things I threw in and it it worked fairly well. The drama was a little like I don't know what's going on, but humor worked. Uh on to number three, which I literally wrote down drama. The big drama line in the movie where the leading lady gets upset that the leading man met the banker after she already got the loan thing. She was upset because he gave her a good reference because that's what he did he just basically gave the bank a good reference saying i'm in this business of doing this stuff i've been helping her she has a solid business plan you know there's a very low risk basically is what he says but that's his job that's why he does that kind of shit and he would know bankers but he never worked with this one so it's not like he set anything up or did it for her he just gave her a reference i felt like that drama was a reach quite a bit of a reach but we'll go back to that and i can't let it go i feel like a lot of the stuff that you said i do agree with but i was glad to see that at the end they did like resolve it because she did say like you didn't do anything wrong you know he wasn't necessarily butting in he didn't know the loan officer at all he was genuine about that and she kind of says you know you were helping me to fulfill my dream and so that was kind of nice that 
they she was able to kind of accept that part of like really kind of not freaking out because she didn't like freak out freak out so that was I I don't know I just feel like we've seen some movies like that where they kind of leave it open-ended and they don't really resolve it they kind of just move on and do their little kiss but I was glad that she kind of took that responsibility so anyways my top three WTF moments are number one there's a scene where Olivia and Marin are hanging out with Ed and his sister's family at a uh, like a coffee shop and he does something really funny with whipped cream get some stuff on his face and she ends up like wiping off some of the stuff from his face but there's nothing on there it's like you could have at least put something on there to make it seem like okay there's a point why she's doing that it's obviously so they can get close and have like physical connection even at this point but I just thought it was really stupid because it's like plain to see there's nothing on there but you know what if there was nothing on Cameron Matheson's face I would probably still try to wipe it off anyways just saying so whatever number two Gertrude aka potentially Mrs. Claus you kind of see her throughout the movie and I just want to note that it's really creepy maybe it's not really a WTF but maybe it is because I wasn't quite sure what she was doing or what she was exactly so that was that was interesting and my last WTF is Ed and Olivia exchanging numbers again Hallmark it's always something with technology this movie was filmed in 2019 it was shown in 2019 we were watching it in 2019 this man is always on his phone okay well he's not constantly on his phone but we have seen his phone in this movie a couple times because that's how he does some of his business and once so when they exchange numbers he's like oh I have a pen I'm like why do you need a pen and I understand why he has napkins because they just came from the hot chocolate place and they got some stuff to go so I can understand that but you don't need one if you have a cell phone that's exactly what the cell phone is for so much easier but it just it definitely kind of led up this whole this and them fate meeting again again over and over again so I, I saw it a mile away when he wrote that bad boy down I was like something's gonna happen the wind's gonna take it dog's gonna eat it something whatever but I just feel like Hallmark it's okay to acknowledge that we live in a tech kind of place I apologize if you heard a bark we are dog sitting my sister's dog who just who barks at everything Thanks a lot, Chloe. Anyways, so that is my WTFs. Only three I capped him. I had more, but if we do more, I'll suddenly be turned into Dean and this fucking thing will never end. So let's move into our second segment, which is our can't let it go moment. I am going to start with my can't let it go. So my number one can't let it go moment against, well, I won't, yes, it is my number one moment because there were other ones, but I tried to top this as the top. So they can't have the dance recital at the studio. Totally understandable because technically someone else does own it okay there's some problems with the insurance wonderful that i'm sure that happens insurance companies are assholes sure but they moved the dance recital to her new studio wonderful but the way in which they present it is that the curtains open everyone is outside of the new dance studio while the ballerinas are doing their little recital inside and it's just one and it was like two minutes so I just feel like they made this huge deal about this recital having to be moved and all the stuff where i'm just like the dance took two minutes. You're not even sitting inside anyways. Like, what does it matter? Like, it was just so, it kind of baffled me that I was like, okay, why, why is that such a big deal? If, if it was, I don't know if how, that's how it's always was going to be. Maybe they were going to have it in a nice, really, this, I mean, the dance studio that they had before was really pretty. Maybe they were going to put chairs in there. Maybe it was going to be like that, but it was just that right there kind of floored me while I was like, well, there was no point in that. No need to get upset about that. Um, so yeah, so that is my can't let it go moment. I'll turn it over to Dean. Let's see if he has something new for us today, folks. 
I'm not quite sure. He's smiling very weirdly. I highly doubt it. So, babe, what is your can't let it go moment? My moment ties into my last WTF. Drama. I literally wrote down drama reach. The entire movie is nothing but them reaching to put drama in. Like, they basically have two drama points in the movie. The one was like, uh, she's not even ups- that upset, but she's upset reach kind of thing. And then it's over with, like, instantly. And then the main drama, if you will, which is, hey, you're talking to the banker, which, as my W tf you kind of already understand it was beyond a reach like there was i don't know how you make that drama but they did and the reason why i call it a reach is the way they end the drama she's basically just like at the end she goes basically my bad i mean she didn't say my bad she basically said i was wrong but my bad it's like i got upset you talked to a banker even though it's kind of your job to do that kind of shit my bad that's why i'm saying w WTF, can't let it go. Same, same in this case. They are reaching for the sky with this drama shit. Because they, like, they picked something off off the ground and called it a fucking diamond. Because it was nothing. And they just threw it in there. And I just, I can't let it go. It is complete shit. So basically, we just got the same thing that we normally got. Except for instead of him saying it's the premise or the context, this time it's the drama. I guess that's a little different, but still kind of the same. Anyway, so we will end our show with our usual rating because this is the holiday movies. We will rate it on a scale of one to five Christmas trees. For those of you who are just joining in, a one would mean that the Christmas tree is very ugly, kind of like the ones that Hallmark had in some of their movies last year, really dried out. Something you could definitely catch on fire and something you would not want to display in your window. If it's a five, that means that the Christmas trees are starting to look like the ones that they have this year. I think they got the message that they need to really kind of beef up the beauty of their Christmas tree. So something very lush and looks like it's been hydrated for days and something you definitely have no issue putting in front of your window. So I will start with my rating of the Christmas Club. I will give this movie a two and a half. Dean is very surprised at me for giving it a two and a half. I almost thought of giving it a three, but I was like, eh, I don't think I can go that far. So two and a half because I felt like it was decent. I did like the premise and I love me some Cameron Matheson for sure. I have been watching the Murder, She Baked mystery movies um, on repeat for probably, I don't know, maybe a couple months now, maybe longer. Dean doesn't know. He's kind of gone into a Murder, She Baked time warp because I watched them almost. No, not every night. We go to sleep to it. It's every night. (laughs) Okay. Maybe every night. So yeah. So I really love and I loved him in this movie. I thought he was really sweet um, and just very genuine. And I just liked the relationship that he had with Elizabeth Mitchell's character. So I thought that they had a lot of chemistry and just like these two people kind of coming from a little bit of a place in their lives where they just needed something um, different and something that would kind of help them to believe not necessarily Christmas magic, but yeah, maybe Christmas magic or just like believe in something that they hadn't had before. So I just, I really, really liked their chemistry. And and that's basically kind of what made the movie for me. It wasn't super fantastic, but it's definitely better than a lot of the ones that I feel like we've seen so far. So yeah, I would say a solid two and a half. Babe, what are you going to rate this movie? Well, I wasn't nearly as impressed with this as you were. It was not bad. Like I didn't hate it, hate it. I feel like they could have just, you know, simplified the drama and just got rid of it and made a nice little feel-good story of a couple meeting each other and getting together kind of shit. But anyway, overall, 
I'll give it a two. Even with the weird drama shit, it's a two because other than some weird nitpicky shit, it's not horribly bad. And I didn't want to kill anybody, so we're doing good. Wow, I'm honestly surprised that you rated it as high as that as well because at the end of this movie, about eh, 10, 15 minutes at the end, Dean fell asleep and I woke him up, scared him actually, um, when I woke him up. And he, looking at his paper right now, mostly doodles, mostly doodles. So... So sometimes I can't tell. I didn't miss anything. (laughs) That may be true. Anyways, well, thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of Hallmark and Chill. And for those of you who just started tuning in, we really really appreciate your support we're stopping by and checking out our wee little podcast we should be back in your feed um with not just this episode but hopefully a couple more episodes in the next week uh, for you guys so we hope you are enjoying all of our reviews so far of these holiday movies because i think we are maybe at the halfway point well i guess yes time wise at the halfway point for us it's a little different since we're not doing all of the movies but anyways i'll wrap this up before i get too much into this diatribe thank you guys so much for your support please rate us wherever you're listening to us at and until next time